Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Happy Lunar New Year, Kirby Johnson. Is it today? Sunday. It was two days ago. Okay. Happy belated Lunar New Year. Happy belated Lunar New Year. I was going to go over things that you should and shouldn't do, but it's no longer. So hopefully you indulge in some yummy food, noodles, dumplings. You're also supposed to clean the house before, not on New Year's Day, which is the Sunday. So you're supposed to like prepare the house for the new year. But then I think like the day of, it's bad luck, I guess, to clean the house. I don't know. There's, you know, so many superstitions. But then you can clean the house the day after. So, you know, now being after New Year's, if your house is dirty. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like we're always cleaning our house. But don't. I hope you didn't on Sunday. And then you're not supposed to like cut your hair or wash your hair on New Year's Day. Oh, great to know. Yeah. So hopefully you didn't do those things. Didn't do those things. And happy year of the rabbit. How do you feel about brands commodifying Lunar New Year for their launches? Sometimes I feel like a bad Asian because I'm like, I'm not offended. I think like if it's done out of respect and there's like, you know, context and they actually are doing it in a way that feels like they took some time to learn about the culture and maybe are also like giving back to the community in some way, which I think we saw a lot of last year then great. I feel like I saw less this year from in terms of just like amount, but I saw a lot of like Asian brands celebrating, which, you know, that feels right. So yeah, I think it's okay. I feel like just the more representation we get, visibility is great. So in that sense, I'm happy to see that people are celebrating and honoring because this is definitely way more than what I saw when I was growing up. So right, right. Kirby, we went to a fabulous event. We did. There is only one person that could have gotten the people that came out all the way deep in the hills of Beverly Hills. Yes, it was at a fantastic house. So Makeup by Mario, who we have had on the podcast, if you have not listened to his episode, go. I know it's a lot of people's favorite. He had the first event that he's ever had because they launched during the pandemic for Surreal Skin Foundation. And this has been something when we interviewed him He had been working on this foundation. So this is a very long time coming. And this foundation has gone viral on TikTok. And I think everyone likes to have a hot take, but let's be real. Mario makes great products. I have never been let down by a product of his before. And Surreal Skin Foundation is no exception. I tried it. So the event was fabulous. Like it was a beautiful dinner, sit down sushi dinner. Everyone was there. Jen Atkin, Desi Perkins, Makeup by Shayla, James Charles, Kensington, Patrick Starr, Laura Lee, Becca Tilly, BB Rexa. Kirby's like, that's BB Rexa. I was like, what? 
Yes. Like Kristen Dominique. So many people. Okay. The OGs. Yes. And I was talking to his team about that. I'm like, oh, there's so many OG creators here. I mean, there were obviously some newbies peppered in, but it was mostly people that you watched on YouTube. And those are the people that supported him before he even had a brand. So he does feel, you know, very close to them. And and that's why a lot of them were there. And so, so Mario is extremely emotional and, and vulnerable. What is his sign? Do we know? Is he a Pisces? No, <laughs> like your future child. Everyone I meet, they're like, oh, Pisces, very emotional. So I can't remember when his birthday is. I thought it tracked, but maybe. Why do I think it's a summer birthday? Cancer? I thought he might be a cancer. Um, I just I just looked up makeup by cancer. <laughs> oh, makeup. Oh, no, don't do that. We'll get into that later. Yeah, let's actually not do that. When is his birthday? I'm, hold on. We need, we need to know. Oh, I forgot. He's a Libra like Kim. Okay. October 1st. He has to have a ton of water in his chart. He cried on the podcast. He cries on press Zooms. He <laughs> He's so emo and we love him for it. Grateful. It's just so sweet because he's genuinely so passionate about it and genuinely so grateful for the fact that he gets to like do what he does for a living and his live out his dreams. Exactly. And so he had talked about, you know, this foundation is such a big deal. And the, on the same day, they received this minority investment, which was a big deal and is valued at has a valuation of $200 million. And he was just like, you know, little little Mario and, you know, I had nothing in the Bronx and now I'm living my dreams. And he was crying. I think of the little Mario that grew up in the Bronx in a basement apartment with with nothing, really, with absolutely nothing. And my dreams are coming true now. And I want to celebrate with you all. And thank you all so much for being here. And I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, have fun. Thank you guys. I love you guys. And then afterwards, Jen Atkin went up to him and gave him a hug and like gave him this like talk and he was bawling while she was talking to him. That's what you took a picture of? Yeah, I took a video and picture because it was the OG Kim Kardashian Hollywood crew. Like, it's just crazy. Uh, we love to see it. We love to see the success. This is kind of a double wave. Well, not kind of. It is a double wave because I also love the foundation. The stat, Kirby, was it that it's the number one selling foundation at Sephora currently and one sells every 10 seconds. Is that what he said? Yes. Crazy. Yes. I know. I know. It's it's wild. So after the dinner and getting to hang with him, we ended up getting this amazing bag, which I've had so many makeup artists reach out to me and go, boo, can you give me this? I need this for my kit. Oh, the tinies. So how much are you selling it for? Right. Like, <laughs> so the kit... <laughs> the kit is full of every single shade in the small sizes of Surreal Skin. So you have these little tiny travel sizes that are great, you know, for a makeup artist kit or like for traveling. And then you have the one full size of the shade that you thought you might be. Sarah, what shade are you? The shade matcher was correct that I used on the website. I am 6W. My shade match was also correct. I thought I was 5N and that is what I ended up being. So... The Surreal Skin Liquid Foundation, it's supposed to be so many things. And Mario said, you know, when they were doing product development for it, he's like, it has to be long lasting, but it has to be buildable and lightweight. Your, your skin has to show through, but it has to cover acne and hyperpigmentation. Like you have to do all of these things. And everyone's thinking to themselves, you're on drugs. Like, how are we going to figure this out? 
So there's 30 shades and a very impressive spread of the shade range. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) And they're 30 flexible shades, meaning like, I think Kirby, someone told us that we could be like one of two or three shades. Yes, and I agree with that. And when I've been using them, I've been using the 5N for kind of my base and then using 4C under my eyes and to kind of highlight as well. And I think the reason why we were able to find our shades so easily is because they do have a little bit of give to them. They're able to be flexible. So this is a liquid formula. It's hydrating. It is long wearing, medium coverage with a natural finish. And it has ingredients like grapeseed oil and squalene to moisturize, perfecting powder that works with the skin's natural texture for a smooth and enhanced finish. And I agree. I think the perfecting powders in this particular product are the reason why I love it. Because normally if something has grapeseed oil or squalene in it, it's way too shiny for me and I have to powder to the high heavens. I did have to set this, but it goes on the skin and it truly just kind of disappears but not in a way where you don't see it. They say it's a natural luminous finish. But for me, like I do feel very glowy, which obviously, you know, that I like. So I was wondering if you liked to set it. So you do. I do love to set it. And we try so many products that when you try a product and on first swipe, you just know, especially when it comes to foundation. I really liked the House Labs foundation, but I would say that this is going to be my new go to. I just love it. I think that it makes me look better. It makes my skin look better. It covers what it needs to cover without making me look like I have cake face. I'm just a very, very big fan of this. I'm trying to think of who may not like this particular product. I feel like if you want a lot of coverage, it's buildable so you could get to that point. But it's not maybe like the House Labs one is much more full coverage than this. Agreed. If you like It Cosmetics CC cream, full coverage. You might not like this because it's not going to give you that level of coverage. But I will say like, I did not use concealer with this foundation. Right. And normally I do. I I liked it because I felt like you can see my skin through. It looks natural. But then it's like filtered. Yes. It's helping my skin look more even toned and more firm in a way because it's helping to kind of blur the pores on my skin. And it says that It features what they're calling moisture grip technology. So it hydrates the skin and it glides on easily. And then you can build it and then you can use it with powders or other creams and you don't have to worry about it moving. And that's the one thing, like I've had this on for several hours at this point. It is not moving on the face. And I feel like sometimes with these really, really highly moisturizing foundations. Yeah. You're like, where did it go? Yeah. I'm like, okay, my skin ate it. It's gone. Like it's not there anymore. So... I have nothing but great things to say. Yeah, it's like s- somehow hydrating, yet you could see it on your face. Like there's coverage. Believe the hype. Sarah, you're putting it on your face now. Are there little specks of like glitter or something in there? No. Does it look like it? No. So this is the thing. Someone posted on TikTok a, a video of the bottle and there looked like there was like mica or something in there that was making it look really, really Like there was like glitter in there. That's so interesting. I'm looking at the bottle right now and there's a message from Mario that says, Surreal Skin Foundation is my complexion masterpiece. I put my heart into this groundbreaking formula with the hope of not creating a barrier of foundation, but rather awakening the true 
infinite beauty that lies within with love and light. Mario. Wow. Okay, I'm not crazy. So Makeup by Mario Surreal Skin Foundation. Okay, so there is like a little glitter, but I don't... Does it have mica in it? That's what I'm confused about. Sarah, pull your bottle out. Do you see glitter in there? Makeup by Mario's new Surreal Skin Foundation. Okay, this video by All Dolled Up by Sharice. It talks about how it's like the glitter foundation. And that's probably the powders that they're talking about on the ingredient list that where they do the call out for those particular, the perfecting powders. I think that's the mica. So that's interesting. I, I mean, I have it on my skin, but I'm not, I'm not glittery at all. No, it's just glowy. But then you can, you know, set it with powder if that's not your jam. Right. Okay. So I'm 6W, but then I applied 5N on top and, and it worked. So I love it. So how much is it, Kirby? It's $42. It's an investment. It is one ounce or 30 milliliters. It's a good size. I mean, it's a standard foundation size. Okay. So it's not like you're getting more or less, but it is a beauty investment. It doesn't need to be bigger. No, I actually am just obsessed with these small sizes. Like I wish everything was just tiny sized. I feel better when I finish a product. I think that's why I like the tinier sizes. But anyways, Makeup by Mario, Surreal Skin liquid foundation. Gotta love it. We have some beauty news. A lot of people tagged us in this. Oh, stressed. I'm stressed. UV nail polish dryers can lead to cancer-causing cell mutations. Sarah, do you want to walk us through this? So there was a study that was published last week in Nature Communications where they analyzed cells in two different conditions of UV exposure. Cells with acute exposure had two 20-minute sessions under the UV nail dryers with an hour break in between. Cells with chronic exposure had one 20-minute session under the UV dryers for three consecutive days. Researchers found that one 20-minute session of exposure to the UV dryers resulted in 20 to 30% cell death, while three consecutive 20-minute sessions of exposure resulted in 65 to 70% cell death. In the remaining cells, the exposure resulted in mutations that are typically seen in skin cancer. Well, I feel like I don't have enough information here. I haven't really seen a lot of people covering this, and I have said this, and I was interviewed recently, and I don't get outraged by much anymore because I always feel like there's, I'll think something, and then I'll see a video of an expert kind of diving deeper into the research and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense or whatever. But on first impression, this is a great advertisement for UV protection gloves, in my humble opinion. I mean, I would be shocked if this was like a gotcha study because you're putting your hand in a UV lamp. It's like a tanning bed for your hand. We know the research that has been done about tanning beds. So Let's just try to be smart here. But I will say, so the researchers were from UC San Diego and they, like Kirby, you just mentioned, you know, cited like warnings of exposure in UV lights and tanning beds, which is basically very similar. But they do say that, you know, there haven't been a lot of studies done because it hasn't been around as long as a UV tanning bed. So more data needs to be collected. More research needs to be done to, quote unquote, accurately quantify the risk for skin cancer of the hand in people regularly using UV nail polish dryers. 
No, the reason why there's not enough research is because nobody gives a shit about something that women primarily do. It's like we do not have enough research on anything that only caters to women. Like we don't have enough research on a lot of things with the exception of breast cancer. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if this was something that affected everybody, yeah, maybe we would have had way more studies and research done on this. But it's like the fact that traditionally gel manicures are done by primarily people that identify as women. Like that's, in my opinion, the number one problem. Brands need to start investing their money in research for stuff like this. Me getting up on my soapbox right now. If you are a brand that is posting about seven free, nine free, 43 free, whatever, then you have a personal obligation to be donating money to research things like this or how nail polish use over time in particular affects women especially. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God, that's such an incredible point. You're so right, 100%. Like get a grip, do it, put your money where your mouth is. So I personally, I don't use the gloves and now I'm like, shit, I really need to get some gloves. I do apply a lot of sunscreen on my hands just in general. Now I'm definitely going to be purchasing some gloves. Oh, I just looked up some gloves. There's Melody Susie UV glove for gel nail lamps, and it goes all the way up to your fingertips. You can get Illuminage skin rejuvenating gloves from Nordstrom. Those are a pretty hefty price. The Melody Susies are only $10. Add to cart. Add to cart. Like Kirby said, we don't know enough about this. I feel like we need to speak to some more experts. We're running a story on Refinery and and talking to some derms. So when we have like more information, obviously we'll share the link to the study and you guys can read it and decide for yourself. But I, I agree. I think there's opportunity for all of us to purchase some gloves because I'm not going to stop my gel nails, unfortunately. Let's just be realistic. No, gel, gel nails are my life and apologies. But apologies. Apologies hand. I will be wearing a glove moving forward. <laughs> Okay, Curbs, this has been the talk of the town. The talk of the town on TikTok. The TikTok of the town. TikTok of the town. Okay, you all by now have probably seen it, especially if you follow us on any socials. There is talk of the very, very extravagant trip that Tarte is hosting in Dubai. Over 50 influencers and their plus ones. These influencers include Alex Earl, who now is has become part of my regular jargon when two weeks ago I had no fucking clue who she was. Uh, <laughs> Meredith Duxbury. Who else is there, Kirby? There's a lot of people there. I wrote about, uh, down a bunch of their names. And honestly, I, I'm not super familiar with a lot of them. They're younger. Like, they're more like the TikTok generation of influencers. So it's not like Patrick Starr and Manny and, and all those people, right? This is a new wave. This is a new wave of people, and they're from different countries. Like, so here's some names. Emmy Combs. Okay. Maya Ahmed. Rose E. Lucy. Sarah Wallach. Jay Sager. I'm only going by their, um, like, handles. So, like, forgive me if I didn't say their actual name. But there's 50 of them, okay? And they're, they're in Dubai. And they are staying at the Ritz in Dubai. Can, can we play part of this clip from Jack Mack, the Barstool sports reporter who so hilariously 
covered this on his TikTok. It's too funny. There's something going on with this tart trip, and I, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. But the economics of this trip do not make sense. All of these ladies, and there was a lot of them, all flew first class on Emirates to Dubai. They didn't go to LA, they didn't go to Miami, they flew Emirates first class to Dubai. Do you understand how much money that costs? And then on top of it, they all got to bring a plus one. He makes a lot of great points, but you know, he's not a beauty editor, I don't think. Great points if you're uneducated. Yes, if you've never been on like a trip before with a beauty brand, if you're not in the beauty industry, there are a lot of things that you might not know. So Kirby did her own wonderful TikTok as an expert, uh, broke it down. Basically, his argument is that the economics of it all do not make sense. Like, how could a brand <laughs> built on credit cards in a dream afford to send over 100 people to Dubai, fly Emirates, stay at the Ritz, like Kirby said? How is it possible, Kirby? So that's the thing. And a lot of people come into this on TikTok, but it's just very clear that like cis pet men don't understand how big the beauty industry and how much money the beauty industry generates. And also like breaking news, so many brands have been doing extravagant trips like this for years and years and years. This is not new. But I understand the hype around it because it really is the big first huge brand trip. So let's get down to it. Why was this a good idea for Tarte? It was a good idea for many reasons because all of those people, I believe every single one of them has a million followers, okay? To have paid every single one of those people individually for a video to promote that product, it would have been way more than the cost of this trip. Over five million. Yeah, that'd be like two, three million. And then also, you know, obviously Kirby and I have worked, I work for a refinery, she worked for Pop Sugar for many years. We know how much it costs for a brand to spend on advertising on like a website, Cheaper than a campaign. Oh, my God. A campaign on one website is like minimum. Well, not minimum, but it would typically be like a million dollars, let's say. Yes. And so Jack Mack, and I said this in my video, I don't fault him for not knowing this stuff, but like Tarte's been around for like over two decades. They consistently, even though people are like, oh, I thought Tarte fell off. I haven't heard about them in the wild. Last year, they had a huge resurgence, A, and B, people underestimate brand loyalty. If you have been using Tarte for years and you like the product, it's probably hard for you to want to stray away from something that you've been using for literal years. And if it's still available, you're going to continue to buy it. Yes. And also Kirby and I have been on really fabulous Tarte trips before. Like they have been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. Tarte's actually one of the first brands to really go all in on influencer trips. And they were the ones to beat. It was basically Tarte and Benefit, in my opinion. Those two were going at it to see who could outdo the others. Okay, Tarte did this. Now Benefit's taking a bunch of influencers to Necker Island, Richard Branson's private island. Okay, then Tarte's going to take people to, I don't even know where. Like, I mean, it was it was crazy. It was constant. So, okay, so the the video I made is like, I have receipts. I know how much this stuff costs. That's because I think we've even mentioned it on this podcast before. A brand sent Sarah and I their budget on accident. <laughs> they never addressed it with us. Perhaps they have no idea that we even had this information. But you can bet your bottom dollar, I screenshotted the hell out of it. Now it's on a hard drive, lost forever. No idea where it is. But I did go through our text messages. 
And Sarah and I were sending information back and forth to each other. Like that one of the influencers, their flight alone was $24,000 for 36 hours. And then they went on to a competitor's press trip like a day later, which is wild to me. One person brought three plus ones and they had to pay for accommodations, flights for everybody with that influencer. And not just like, okay, the influencer gets first class and then the team gets to sit in economy. Everyone flies first class. Everyone flies first class. This particular brand rented basically a whole hotel. One of the things they rented was literally, it was insane. And they rented out the entirety of it. On two occasions. Yes. Yep. Yes. But again, not unusual. At all. Uh, We did get a laugh that Sarah and I's flights were paid for with miles. (laughs) And we were put on like a flight that was not direct. So we had like two connections while everyone else just went straight there. Yeah. I mean, that's actually an interesting conversation about how editors are treated so differently. Uh, Maybe it's changed now. It's changed because it has to have changed. But I will say, Kirby, that being put on in those instances on a few of those trips together, it's why we're here today. It made us closer. It's very humbling. It's very (laughs) humbling. No, but it also was like definitely this impetus for us being like, We need to talk about this. We need to talk about all the things that we see and we hear and we know. And that was not the first time that we've been invited on a trip where it was clear that there was like a separation of editors and influencers. But I digress. Well, the trip that we got the spreadsheet for at that time, it was $800,000. So for us, there's no question this Dubai trip is over a million dollars. But a lot of people are suspicious. And I am a little bit suspicious as well. I feel like the UAE Tourism Board has something to do with this. There's another trip happening there as well. So there is a trip for the Atlantis Hotel that is opening in Dubai and Beyonce's performing at that. And there's a whole group of influencers that are there for that. But it's not beauty. It's like Iskra is there. Apparently, Jill Zarin from Real Housewives of New York, her daughter, is there. So everyone's like, well, they're going to get to see Beyonce. I'm like, The Tarte trip is a separate trip from the Beyonce trip, okay? I mean, unless literally Tarte is going to take them to this Atlantis opening and they're also going to get to see Beyonce, which would be absolutely batshit. I mean, it would be wild. It would be the trip to beat, right? But a lot of people are like, you know, the logistics of this, they don't make sense. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did get some breaks from the government where maybe they got some discounts on Emirates. Maybe they got some discounts at the hotel. I mean, that's why a lot of filming happens there. They really want people to come visit Dubai, right? So that's, I think that could be a possibility. But I also think there's also a strong possibility that, you know, this launch that Tarte's doing for the product that everyone's there for, I believe a Sephora exclusive. And they keep tagging Sephora Middle East nonstop. I wouldn't be surprised if Sephora was probably like, listen, we really want to cater to, you know, our demos in Qatar, in Greece, in Italy, and in the UK. And let's work together on like making a blowout trip. Guaranteed that's happening. Because typically for a Tarte trip, it's usually, if even if it's international, you know, it's usually like 20, 15, 20, 30 people. But the size of this and the fact that everyone gets a plus one, plus the staff, Sephora is like, yeah, take spending money out of their pocket for sure. I think the thing that is also possibly rubbing people the wrong way might be the fact that, you know, it is taking place in the Middle East. 
in Dubai, you know, obviously there is a lot of talk about do women have the same rights? I think they do, you know, in Dubai, but also like LGBTQ community, like I, they definitely don't. I think that it's actually like criminalized same sex, definitely same sex marriage, but just like relationships in general. So there's a lot of money <laughs> over there. So I see the potential and also a lot of we're seeing a lot of young people who are just wanting to spend money on especially on beauty like beauty is like such a big market for them so it all makes sense to me but i see see everyone's arguments i see the criticism but i also don't fault any person that went on that trip if they get an opportunity they're going to take it if you got an opportunity you would take it as well and I think that if you're going to criticize anyone, criticize Sephora and criticize Tarte. Like those are the people that plan the trip. But you cannot tell me if you are an influencer getting invited on a trip of this magnitude for the first time that you would say no. I don't think that most people, 99% of people would. I'm not going to shame any person for going and taking that opportunity, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. It's complicated, but I, I've been enjoying seeing all of the things that they are up to. <laughs> I think that the interesting thing will be to see, because someone was like, none of these people, you know, even talked about Tarte prior to this trip. And I'm like, yeah, that's why they got invited. Because Tarte has a very strong millennial fan base. We all know about Tarte. Gen Z is not really that locked into Tarte like we were. And so that's why a lot of the people there are Gen Z TikTokers because they are trying to cater to that millennial audience. And there was a beauty strategist on TikTok that said, you know, if they had a good beauty strategist, they would know that Gen Z cares more about, you know, giving back and things of that nature than, you know, going on these extravagant trips. And I'm like, no shade to this person, but Tarte knows what they're doing. And at the very least, they knew that this was going to be cheaper than any other campaign they could have done. And literally every single person I know is talking about this. The ROI on this trip is going to keep them in business, like for a very long time. <laughs> totally. At the end of the day, you need to be on social media. You need to be playing with all of these key people to be successful. And like, even it's worked on me. I'm like, I really want to try this foundation. Right. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I love Tarte, but like this foundation, like I'm not, I'm not even like, I love Tarte for so many other reasons. This foundation, I'm kind of like, whatever. Great. I'm interested. I love the Maracuja. I love Juicy. Same. So this is very much your, your stees. Yeah. I think that a lot of people like Jack Mack, the, the guy that you were referencing earlier, he was like, you know, these women don't get out of bed for nothing. And I'm like, this is the thing. That's not how this works. Exactly. So a lot of these people are still green. They're not getting opportunities like that. I mean, they're getting paid for ads, but they're not getting opportunities on this level from a brand from just everyone. I talked to several of our friends who used to work at brands or still work at brands and focus specifically on influencer. And I was like, can you give me the background of how these deals operate? Are they being paid? And almost every single one of them, I talked to four of them, were like, at the brands I was at, we literally never paid influencers to go on trips. However, we did have contracts in place for legal reasons. Like if you lose your baggage or like something happens, like liability wise, you have to have contracts in place. And they said initially at the beginning of these trips in the early aughts, when people were going on them, 
they did have specific asks like, okay, we're giving you this free trip. You're bringing a plus one. We require you to post at least one video there, one video when you get back with the product and then like however many Instagram stories. But what they found, all of them said this, is that the more lax they were, the more content you got the more organic content they ended up getting. And that's kind of what I saw in the, in the same video from the beauty strategist. She's like, you know, it's like an act of kindness to go on this trip. So these people will feel indebted to Tarte and will want to want to support them in the future. And it's like, yeah, that's the brand building and the relationship building of it all. Yes. And also that's when they get paid is after the fact with these campaigns and partnerships and more content creation. But they already have their foot in the door now. You know, it's like we'll see Alex Earl talking about Tarte a lot, I'm sure, after this. So it's a good investment. Yeah. Everyone on that trip is going to be talking about Tarte when they get back. They're going to be using Tarte. Very smart. <laughs> also, in case anyone is curious about how like the editorial part of it works, because I do feel like some people who aren't in the industry get that confused where they're like, oh, Sarah and Kirby are going on this trip. So like they definitely have to write about it. That's not how it works for editorial. We don't get contracts. We don't get any stipulation. And most of the time, I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of Kirby and me, but the publications that we have written for and are currently write for, you never guarantee coverage in exchange for a trip. That's not how it works. The hope is that you learn something on the trip so that you can eventually write something about it. Or if, for instance, Sarah knows that whatever is launching is going to be interesting and do well and immediately perform for refinery readers, she might ask for like an exclusive, an editorial exclusive. And then she will have written the story for the most part and then go on the trip, learn more, do more, incorporate that in the story. And then on launch day, which is traditionally for this Dubai trip, the product doesn't launch for a month. But like usually when you're on the trip is when the product launches, then the piece goes live and that's kind of how it works. But like point blank, anytime we get emails, it's can't guarantee coverage, like happy, obviously to discuss with you further, but we can't guarantee anything. So, but again, in the same way it works with influencers, it's like this brand is now top of mind. You know, you are more likely to open emails <laughs> uh, or try the products um, that they're launching, etc. It's, it's It's a relationship building opportunity. So Anyways, so fascinating. What do y'all think about this Tarte trip? Did you even hear about it? Like, I mean, I feel it's the only thing I have seen anybody talk about. Do you enjoy following along your like with your favorite influencers when they go on these trips? Yeah, I want to know. I want to know. That's our show. Thank you for listening. Follow us on all platforms for announcements and opportunities at Los Angeles Pod and join our Facebook group to share your own reviews. Los Angeles was created by Kirby Johnson and Sarah Tan. It is a part of the ACAST network. Our episodes are mixed and edited by Roxy Flo and Stacey Abarca. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.